0: Welcome to Oyana, a teenager's journey to self-love. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and empower, helping teenagers to navigate through life and connect with their inner self. I'm your host, Carol Oakley, and thank you for tuning in. Now, today I have Carla Magdalene. Carla and I have recently, Carla and I have recently become friends, and. As, I, as the time has progressed, I've just loved her, like her no-nonsense, empowering and resilient spirit and I'm so looking forward to our friendship blossoming and yeah, I think it's going, be, it's going to be a great one. Hi Carla, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you Carol. What a lovely thing to say. You're more than welcome, you're more than welcome. Thank you for coming on
1: my show. How's the weather in Qatar today? It's roasting hot, Carol. I'm not gonna lie. It's really, really hot and um I've just been running from the heat all day. Oh, so yes. Yeah, it's, it's lovely to look at out the window. The sky's blue and it's nice and bright, it keeps your spirits up, but when you go outside it's really hot.
0: Oh, well you're in the, I'm sure you're in the A C now, so you're you're you must be cooled down now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh well, thank you. Like I said, thank you so much for coming on my show. I really appreciate it. You know, it's it's an honour. It's an honour to have you, and I'm so looking forward to this interview because I know you've got so much to give. So much to give. Lots of advice. Lots and lots of advice. (laughs) So, Carla, today I'm just going to be touching on a few sort of key areas of of your life, like your childhood, your education, your sort of career journey, well-being personal development and what I'd like is to offer sort of key advice um, and tips along the way for our listeners. But I think generally let's just, as I always say this, but let's generally, let's just go with the flow and see where the conversation takes us. Okay. Sounds good to me. Sound good? Great. All right. Um,
1: Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your childhood, please? Um, Well, I was born in Scotland. Um, my dad was an immigrant. He left Jamaica in the 19 1900s. I don't even know when now. It seems like ages ago. Um, and he travelled all over the UK looking for work as an electrician. Um, and he was up and down the country. He ended up in Scotland at one point, and the rest is history. I was born. My sister was born. My brother was born. There were three of us. And um, I spent the first nine years of my life in Scotland, which was quite interesting because I was. I was one of, well, we were three, the only three brown children in the whole town, I think. Um, And my dad was well known um, as that black man with the three kids (laughs) or the two kids at that point, because he moved around quite a bit in Scotland as well. Mm -hmm. So I spent nine years of my life in Scotland. So my early years experiences were there. Um, And I still consider that my home, I think, because I spent so long there. Um, And I moved to England when I was nine. I lived in a place called Nottingham, which was... Somewhere that I really didn't like, even from the day I arrived, I remember pulling in um, to Nottingham um, and being on the bus, and I just didn't like the look of it. It was very industrial. It's funny because I didn't know the word industrial at that point, but I, I knew I know what industrial looks like um, from that first image of Nottingham, um, and I remember pulling into the main high street and just looking out the window and thinking, "This is horrible," because I came from such a beautiful place. I came from a, um, a west coast. Almost like a seaside town, Mm. if I can say that. Um, And one side was the sea and one side was the hills. So for the first nine years of my life, I just knew hills and sea. Um, So then to go in the inner city, it was really a a culture shock. Um, But also, I remember one of the first things that I did was I'd say, I said to my dad, Daddy, there's a black man. And I keep looking out the window and saying, Daddy, there's a black man. And another one. And another one. Because I was aware that my dad was black. Um, Funny, back then I didn't see myself as black. (laughs) I just knew my dad was. You know, I knew that I was something coloured. So colour and culture and race was a big part of my childhood. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember that being one of my first experiences in England was just seeing that there were lots of people that looked like my dad. And my dad used to talk to me a lot about race, and he made it clear that that was one of the reasons why he moved to England from Scotland because he just wanted to be around his people um and he didn't it wasn't a case of being a minority it was just being the only one
0: right
1: and he wanted to be able to get Jamaican food
0: mm-hmm. which I remember
1: him talking about a lot yeah. he'd say I can't get any planting and I can't get any and we used to laugh at the names um, <laughs> as kids but now I've grown up I know what planting is you know and okay. yam and all these things but mm-hmm. I remember him saying I can't get any planting and he'd get really mad about it oh please um, yeah, so that would be my, I think, one of my earliest childhood memories um, that sticks with me. Um, really? And just my dad was a single parent. Um, so I grew up with my dad and my brother and sister. And he, my mother was an alcoholic, so I don't remember my mother very well from a young age. I, I think the last time I was around, I went when I was around three years old.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that was a significant part of my childhood as well, just the awareness that my mother was an alcoholic and that's why my dad was a single parent and we were growing up without a mother. So that, that had quite a profound effect on me, I think, from a young age.
0: OK, OK. And, and how, how was like schooling, um, you know, sort of your primary school years and your secondary school years?
1: Um, I loved school. I absolutely loved it. I, might, I learned to read very early and I remember primary school, even in Scotland, that it was a lot to do with reading stories and learning words. Um, And I loved going to school from probably around five years old. It was the best times of my life were at school. Um, When I went to school in England, I remember being a quite introverted kid. Um, Mm -hmm. Other kids would get on my nerves, especially when they made a lot of noise and were messy. My teacher would say Carla's a very bright girl. She'd write on my reports. It was the same every year. Carla's a very bright girl, very nice, very sweet, but she doesn't get along with other children very well. She needs to learn to work in a team. Um, But it wasn't that I couldn't work with them. It was just that I didn't like the stuff that they did because I was very mature, being the Mm. eldest of three in a house with no mother. Yeah, I think I was too grown up um, and too serious. So I hardly smiled as a child. I was very straight faced and very Mm. kind of studious quite sly as well um and when I was a teenager I would um I loved school again as a teenager secondary school was a blast I remember just having so much fun with classmates and friends and learning so much I loved the English and any kind of um arts subjects mm-hmm. as well um history and things like that analytical sort of subjects um, right. I went to a fun a fun teenage years I think um especially when it comes to school it's great Um, excellent
0: excellent can I just touch upon just going back to when you said that um not having your mother around impacted you in what way um did it did it impact you I mean the only reason I'm asking I'm just thinking about any listeners that who might be you know in that position now and if there's anything any advice that you could give them um, sort of growing up in a in a single parent parent household.
1: Yeah, I mean it had a profound impact on me. I remember feeling quite lost for most of my childhood when I wasn't learning or in school studying. I, I didn't know what I was or who I was or where I came from, um, and I remember missing my mother terribly as as a child. I was aware of that gap, that void that she left. But I was also I really loved my dad and had a lot of respect for him and. Comp- I think I had a lot of empathy for him. I understood that he had a hard time. Mm. And so I always tried, even though I was, I said I was quite a sneaky um, kid. My dad was very strict. So to get away with anything, I had no choice but to sneak around. Um, And I I think a lot of the time I did that because I didn't want to upset him. And I think that that, you know, I think in terms of advice, I would say that you you have to be honest um, with your parents, I think. That in hindsight, looking back, I would say that one of the things I should have done better as a young person was just be honest with my dad. I think that it would have helped him and it would have helped the relationship. Mm. Um, But you don't always know that when you're young because it's quite scary to confront your parents or to tell the truth to your parents. Yes. Um, But I think that honesty is very important. And if you learn it from a young age, it can definitely help you with your relationships with your parents. Um, Even if you do get in trouble. You know or they mm. don't like what you say and or what you're doing just having it all out there in the open is a lot better than kind of being, bottling it up yeah bottling it up or you know just assuming that they're not human and they're not going to understand how you feel mm. even if they you know if they get angry or whatever that's a human response you know and sometimes when you're young you don't understand but your parents are just people
0: mm-hmm. yes and they're just getting to they're learning themselves aren't they and they're, they're growing yeah. themselves and they're trying to find their way um, and yeah, and that's something that is so crucial because we do look at our parents as just our parents are not people who are trying to yeah. grow themselves. Um, that's such uh, an important point, point Carla. Um, in terms of your teenage years, what comes to mind?
1: Oh, I'd have to say pregnancy. My teenage years were, were I was pregnant when I was 16. And okay. so my teenage years were very short lived. Um, I went from not knowing anything about the world to just being a parent very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a period of a few months. Um, when I say between, a few months between my awareness of the world around me as a teenager and that sort of, wow, I'm a teenager. I'm 16. Mm. Um, it was very short lived, you know, it was, I got pregnant when I was 16 a few months after my 16th birthday. Um, and I had my first child when I was 17. So my teenagers were really dominated by that and mm-hmm. that, um, just that shock of being a parent um, at such a young age, um, but also a lot of self self-awareness and transformation. It's, mm. Teenage years are great for just you meet you meet yourself, don't you? It's a whole new you when you're a yes. teenager.
0: Yeah, well, I guess you have to kind of really grow up fast during those years and in, yeah and embrace like you, you've put here, you had to sort of embrace, embrace learning and live with the consequent consequences of of that decision. Yeah yeah. Uh, how how did you which is, this is the great thing you know I just love I loved this when I when you know when I when I read it you know you flipped it you know to become your strength how did you do that
1: I did it by learning and I think from a young age I just had an awareness that there was no life that was ever going to be perfect um I was a very observant and quiet and introverted child so mm-hmm. I was really aware of everybody's life and what was happening in people's lives around me And I could see that, yes, I didn't have a mother, but that person had a mother and didn't get on with them. Or that person didn't have a dad or that person didn't have any parents. And I could see that from a young age. So I never felt like a victim in any way. Um, Mm. I just felt like that was my lot in life. Um, And in terms of flipping it, when I was a teenager, I knew that everyone had problems at that point. And I could even see things like, okay, I'm having a baby now and someone else is not having a baby, but later they may have a baby and they're still going to face the same problems. Mm. Um, Just because they're older isn't going to make it any easier. And I could see that because neither of my parents were teenagers when I was born and they weren't great parents. You know, they were just people that did their best. So I think knowing that meant that I was able to flip it, but also being a learner. Um, I faced a lot of challenges, especially in that first year, um, after I had the baby, I had no clue what I was doing because I didn't have a mother. Um, and I also knew that my dad could teach me certain things and I could mimic him, but there were a lot of things that he did that I didn't want to do as a parent. And also he was a man. So I flipped it by just turning it into a learning opportunity. And that's literally what I did. I would read about how to look after a baby, um, and how to teach a baby to read. And I I learned, you know, it was like a, I guess a, a hands-on practical course. You know? mm. I mean, that's just,
0: a, Sorry, Carlo. Yeah. No, I mean it's, it's. I mean that's just amazing that you actually had that mindset to to do that. You know, because so many pe- so many people who are in this in that position wouldn't even think about doing that. You know, they most probably have seen the, I guess the the downside to it. Um, so for you to have that that mindset to do that is quite incredible really is there anything that you can advise any teenage mothers that are listening now you know instead of I mean would it be just kind of learn just put your head into a book or just find resources just to kind of get you you know out of out of the situation that you're in
1: um, yeah, I would say that learning is part of it. But I think everybody has to do that, whether you're a teenage parent or not. I think that life is a learning process and you have to embrace learning if you want to succeed in any, anything in life. Mm. Um, but I think to teenage moms, what I would definitely say is that they have to accept their situation, really accept it. So what I remember going through the experience of being told that, I was, that I'd made the biggest mistake of my life. And for a long time, I really believed that. And I believed that I'd failed myself. I believed I'd failed my dad and that I'd, I'd really made a big mistake and a big mess of my life. But once I got past that and I was really honest with myself that I was actually happy that I had a baby
0: mm. and I
1: know I wasn't supposed to be. I, was, I had this awareness that you're not supposed to be because you're a naughty girl, you know, <laughs> you've had a baby. Um, but I was happy. I was really happy with my daughter um, and I knew that I could be a mom. And something in me knew that I could. Um, And so I got rid of the guilt and I got rid of the stigma and I refused to believe that I was a mistake and my child was a mistake. Mm
0: -hmm. And so I
1: think that that's what I would say to any other teenage parents is you're not a mistake and your child's not a mistake. And as long as you know that, then you can move forward and you can start to do what I did, which is flip it into a strength. Right. Um, but if you have any kind of guilt or stigma or this, aware, this feeling that you're a mistake and your child's a mistake and mm-hmm. that it's the worst thing you could ever do, that's really what you need to tackle first. Mm. Um, and I think I, I was aware of the fact that it was the consequences of my actions. I understood cause and effect. Um, and I didn't want to be that person that was just like unaware of the fact that I made a decision and it had a certain outcome. Um, I knew that I didn't have to have the baby, I knew that there were other options, um, but I choose, I chose to have the baby, and once I'd done that, I knew that okay, I'm going to be fine with the consequences. and I just got on with taking action in line with those consequences, which for me was just learning how I'm going to do this then mm-hmm. and how I'm going to do it in the best way that I can.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful, that's such powerful advice, Carla, and it, is, it sounds like it is very much about allowing, isn't it, and come to terms with your um with your situation and and moving moving on from that
1: yeah and also shutting out the noise of the people that try and drag you down people will try to drag you down you know people will stigmatize you sometimes and maybe that's less now if you're a teenage parent now it might be less than it was when i had my daughter in the late 90s but they will there will always be those people who will say negative things and you have Mm. to learn to shut them out because Those people would be there, even if you have a child when you're married and in your 30s, you'll never be doing it at the right time. Someone will always make a comment, right? Um, And I know that from having a child later. I had another child when I was in my 30s um, and people still made comments, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And there was no difference between my experience as a teen mom and my experience as an older mom. There are always people there, you know, sticking their two pence worth in. And you have to just shut them out and know what you're doing and keep focused on that.
0: Brilliant, 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 brilliant piece of advice. Self-esteem issues and peer pressure, they seem to be sort of big issues uh, these days Um, and social media doesn't help. Do you have any advice on how teenagers can overcome overcome it?
1: Oh yeah, this is a tricky one, Carol. I would say definitely the social media, you've got to limit your social media. Um, Either limit it or control it for what you want it and harness it into what you want it to do. I think a lot of young people use social media without an intention. So they're on Facebook, Instagram and all of that without really knowing why. So if you said to them, why are you on Instagram? They would say, well, everybody's on it, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you're on it for a reason, your action should then be in alignment with that reason. So if you're, for example, if you want to be a model um, and you make an Instagram account to show yourself off on Instagram, show off your outfits or your figure or whatever it is, every photo that you would put up there would be in alignment with that goal of trying to get a modeling contract or Mm. trying to get you know a following but a lot of girls do that and they're not even models they don't even want to be models and they don't want that attention that a model would want but they still do it Mm -hmm. and you know so and that's just one example there'll be kids on there following all sorts of things that aren't in alignment with their goals um so I would say if you're going to use it use it but have a clear goal for why you're using it and make sure that every action you take is in alignment with that goal that can be tricky when you're young but I think if you nail that from a young age you'll find yourself getting the results that you want in life much quicker
0: yes and you'll Um, be in control
1: yes Um, and a lot of young people are really good at this I love how assertive a lot of young people are now compared to me when I was young
0: took Mm -hmm. me a long
1: time to figure out how to align actions with my goals um, but also in terms of peer pressure, it's the same. I think social media is a form of company. When I was a kid, my dad used to say, "Show me your friends, and I'll show you who you are."
0: Yeah.
1: But now that's the same with your social media. Mm. You know, if you've got all those friends, look at your friends on social media and decide if those people are where you want to be. And if mm. they're not, why are you hanging out with them, whether that's in person or in social media? Yeah. You know, your company, your peers, is a big thing because. Peer pressure can actually get you good places. If you've mm. got peers that are pushing you to achieve what you want to achieve, you're going to make peer pressure a force for good in your life. Yep. So you just need to choose the right peers, don't you? And yes. then peer pressure is going to, be, it's going to be your friend. It's going to be accountability. We know this as adults, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's, and it's the same if, you've got, if you want to pass your maths exam. The best people you could hang out with are people who also want to pass their maths exam yes people yes. who hate maths are probably not the right people for you to hang around with you know yeah. at that time because it's going to make it harder for you to reach the goal they're going to be like oh why are you doing maths <laughs>
0: mm, no absolutely it's very much about being smart with who you are mixed with isn't it yeah Yeah. like like your dad my mom was very much the same you know she used to say watch watch your company but at that age you you just you just don't know what that really means you know it's only until you kind of you get older and you're a little bit more wiser you kind of understand you know understand where they were coming from so it's very much as as you said um and it's also just letting being around people who love you for who you are you know you know you can mix with people who are great and are doing good things and are in line with what you're doing. But I think equally, they have to accept you as a person and um, yeah, and just embrace you as you, as you are. So I think that's, I think they kind of go hand in hand uh, for me. Do you have any advice to our listeners who do not know what they want to do when they leave school or they're sort of getting pressure from loved ones who have a different vision to theirs?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think this is really common. And in all honesty, a lot of adults, even though they pretend and they talk a lot of stuff, they don't know what they want either. You know, (laughs) sometimes you don't know what you want until you know what you don't want. Um, And I think when you don't know, you just take one step in the direction that you know you want to go in. Yes. Um, And you can base that on things like what you love. I think that what you love to do um, and what you're good at are the places where you start when you're trying to figure out what to do. So what is it that you could do for hours and hours and you truly love it? Um, and what is it that you do that contributes something to the world that other people truly love? You know, Do they love it when you draw? Do they love it when you sing? And where those two overlap, what you do and what other people love and need in the world, that can be a place for young people to take a step forward. Um, And I think if they keep in mind all the time, not having things in their life that don't align with them, that don't make them feel at peace Mm -hmm. um, and that don't give them a sense of satisfaction. I don't think it's always about being happy either. I think it's more about having a a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we say, Oh, just do what makes you happy. But laying in bed all day watching telly and eating popcorn might make you happy but that's not really going to be a long time life thing is it mm, you're not going to be yeah. able to sustain is the that thing as a popcorn reviewer I've never heard of that <laughs> you could be the first one you know um but yeah I think it's about purpose mm-hmm. and feeling a sense of peace and contentment and also the things that really don't give you peace and really annoy you or mess with the energy you don't go in that direction, you go in the opposite direction. And eventually I think most people find their way Yeah, um, yeah. at no. any age.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. What lesson, I mean, I, here I, I asked the question, what life lesson or topic do you wish they taught at school? And you, you've, you've said, you know, to be an authentic. Can you elaborate on that, please?
1: Yeah, a school is all about information and and I wish I could say that it's changed now in 2020 but there's nothing different about school now than there was when I was at school it was all about teaching you information Mm. and it was all about shaping you for a society that was going to deem you successful or unsuccessful but there's no mention of being absolutely authentic and being truly who you are and I wonder if that's deliberate or if it's just that oops we missed that in the Mm. curriculum um and it sounds really obvious when people, people say it a lot, it's like a cliche or well, be who you really are. But when you really look at what that means, most people find it a challenge because being who you are is always going to come with consequences and it's yeah. going to come with good stuff that comes, you know. And, but it's also going to come with what we see as bad or negative consequences. Yeah. And it's those things that push people away from being who they are. So if I'm really shy, Um, And that's who I truly am. I'm a really quiet person and I like to keep myself to myself. Once I realize that that means I'm not popular, I suddenly stop wanting to be shy now and now pretending to be an out there, gregarious, you know, person. But that comes with consequences as well. You can never escape consequences. Mm. And in the long run, by not being who you are, I think that's why we find a lot of people who are in their 30s and 40s that are like, I just don't know who I am anymore. Because every time they face pressure from somewhere, they've put on a new version of themselves to mm-hmm. please people mm-hmm. or That's to avoid a negative consequence until they're like, oh, where's the real me? Mm-hmm. You know? um, and so I think at a young age, if you can just be who you are and schools can allow kids and teach them actually what it means to be authentic. Yes. Um, to talk how you talk, to walk how you walk, dress how you dress. And whatever happens to you as a result of that, take it and embrace it because Mm. it wouldn't matter if you if you pretended to be a completely different person there is no way that you're going to avoid negative consequences yeah so just go just travel your path and stay there yes Um, and it's not it's also about speaking your own truth saying how you really feel um Mm. saying yes and no and meaning yes and no Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and being confident to say no that's not for me Um, and even when people try and intimidate you you still say no it's really not for me thank you for your advice or thank you for your pressure but Mm -hmm. I don't want it Um, and I think schools actually have a duty to teach that but they don't Um, so that's why I mentioned that
0: yeah and that's going to be my my next question actually do you think you know it's their duty or do you think it should be on the school curriculum that you know kids should learn about self-help and personal growth and You know, that's all that sort of thing. I I just think it's so important because as you get older, you know, if you learn about these things at an early age, the deprogramming becomes less. You know, if if you're at one with yourself at a very young age, you know, the peeling off the layers are less. Uh, So I, I just think it's just something that I think the school system needs to identify and to yeah put on the on the school curriculum. No, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure if they see it as their responsibility, or even a lot of people might not agree. They might say, "Well, that's not what schools about." Mm. Um, and I don't know if it necessarily needs to be a discrete subject, or you know, explicitly uh, in the curriculum. It can just be in the hidden curriculum. Mm. And I think, in some ways, kind of where it's made its way in, um, in things like um, social and emotional aspects of learning, some schools do that. And I notice it kind of dropped off in the last few years. I'm not sure why, but also, I guess it's Parental responsibility as well. Maybe schools feel that that's a parent's job to mm-hmm. give the kid the confidence to be authentic. Um, and also, part of it is just self-development. I think young people have it in abundance as well, authenticity. But they, there is a certain age at which they get pushed away from it, um, and that's a different for different people, depending on their experiences. But I, I love the way that young people would just be like, "No, stick it. That's not for me," you know. And you'd be like, "What?" <laughs> um they they have it but they just need to sometimes know how to balance it out i guess yeah
0: no absolutely absolutely you used to be a teacher <laughs> you used to been in education um hence why i don't know if you our listeners you've realized that Carla is very knowledgeable you know when it comes to sort of the education system and what's going on but now you've just started you know putting energy into your new business can you tell our listeners a little little bit about what you're what you what you're doing and it sounds very exciting Carla
1: yeah um it is I'm having so much fun um so this is an example of finding what it is that you love to do and what the world needs and that contributes something um and basically I started my own consultancy and coaching company and hopefully it's not just going to be me I would, I would like <laughs> lots of other people on my team um, because it's, it's a big job and it's all about supporting parents and educators with their own well-being so whether that be self-development whether it be getting them therapy whether it be giving them financial support and advice so that they can get on track with their finances whether it's dealing with their children's behavior so that they can just have a less of a stressful life um, you know dealing with the bureaucracy of the school system and still being able to manage and keep your um, passion as a teacher mm-hmm. um, so that's what it's all about it's about helping parents and educators so that they can be the best version of themselves and then they can be better for kids
0: um,
1: yes. and it's aimed at those who work with and parent children between the ages of 5 and 14, 14. years old um, and so it's, it's a lot of fun it's still in the beginning stages I'm building lots of partnerships and networks and websites and all of that exciting, kind of stuff. exciting. yeah it's so much fun Carol um, and it just gives me so, there are so many things to think about mm-hmm. um, and so many different people out there who need help
0: and, yes. and need
1: pointing in the right direction to the resources that can help them it's yeah. about empowerment as well it's showing people that I'm not an expert. I hate when people say, oh, this is an expert in this and an expert. You're an expert. Everyone's an expert in something. And it's about empowering them to know, even as a parent and an educator, that you're the expert in what you need. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You're the expert for your children. You're the expert for your students or your classroom um, or your work environment. And you've got these tools already inside of you and you just need someone to empower you to bring them out and that's Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do that's what I'm building on
0: fantastic sounds great you know I you know I wish you well Carla it's just yeah it's just it's going to be so empowering and inspiring and you know the products that you're going to be working on I just think it's just going to have well it sounds like it's going to have a a massive impact on parents and educators can you tell our listeners about the learning content and what is your what's going to be your number one message or values that you're going to try and put across your material
1: yeah so it's number one is all about empowerment empowering people to know that they have the answers this comes from my experience as a teenage mom people don't think teenagers know how to be moms but I showed them that they do and I was determined to do that from a young age and that's because I knew that if a grown-up at 30 can know it and learn it I can as well I just need to figure out how Mm -hmm. Um, and that is for me it's about empowering people to know it doesn't matter what your circumstances are it doesn't matter what hurdles you've had to overcome all you need is to say right I'm going to do this this is where I want to be and you can get there and so for me I'm building courses mainly it's about courses at the moment I've got online courses that I'm building for parents and educators that deal with all areas of well-being so it's not just about meditation and all that. There's lots of stuff to do with meditation. It's about things that are specifically needed for parents and then things that are specifically needed for teachers. Okay. So for me, a big one, for example, is financial well-being for parents. That was my, one of my biggest hurdles that I had mm-hmm. to overcome as a teenage parent. It was just that you're not old enough to earn a high income. Plus, you've not finished your education. Plus, now you've got these expenses. Um, and I had to go through a lot of financial stress um, raising my daughters first. I had, I had two daughters as well, Carol, when, by the time I was 19, I had two children. Wow. And so I had to put myself back through education. Mm-hmm. I had to figure out how to make a living, um, how to pass my driving test, where to get the money from. So it's about that as well. It's about financial wellbeing as well. for Parents, Great. particularly parents that come from backgrounds where they didn't have that, um, Financial support. You didn't have a mom to buy you a car or a dad to give you a deposit for a house. Um, so that's what I'm about, and about those tools. And also, um, giving coaching and consulting services. I have like subscription packages that parents could sign up for, um, and also for parents who struggle because there's so many coaches and consultants and stuff out there, but they charge an arm and a leg. Mm. And if you're struggling, I, I could never have afforded to get a coach when I was looking after my kids because I just wouldn't have had the money. Um, so what I'm doing is building it in a way that parents can have access to it if they're on low incomes or if they're really struggling and they can't afford to pay anything they can still reach out and they can still get some support that's going to get them back on track also things like resources that are out there for free that parents don't need to pay for but they just don't have the time to do the Mm. research Mm -hmm. or to find somebody that's going to help them Um, I've also got things like that you know services that can do outreach and do research and things like that for people so they can get the help that they need.
0: Amazing. Um, That's It sounds amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah. it's going to be very powerful. You know, what you're, what, what you're, well, what you're doing is powerful. And I can, I can like I said earlier, it's, I can see it making a huge impact. So well, well done you. Well done you. Do you have any personal habits or daily routines you feel have contributed to, to where you are now?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, I always put certain, uh, notebook. (laughs) First and foremost, I would say my notebook. I carry a notebook with me all the time because I don't have a good memory, but Mm -hmm. I have a lot of ideas and I have a lot of responsibilities. So I use a notebook as much as I can to kind of organize myself. And I would say following on from that, I'm a big scheduler. Everything is scheduled for me. Um, it just helps me to feel calm and centered and in control of what's going on in my day. Um, I'm very organised as well, so I keep everything in order. I know where everything is. Ask me anything in my house, yeah. Carol, and I can tell you where it is. Even now that I'm moving with all bags, I know exactly which bag has got what in it. You're my um, type of girl. <laughs> you yes, sound like bit like me. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my 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 lifesavers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also I'm a very spiritual person. I like to spend some time every day doing something spiritual. I um, mean, it's not always that I'm praying or, you know, it's not always the obvious stuff. It's sometimes it's just sitting nicely, calmly and just having a coffee in peace mm. you know, without people stressing me out. I'm, I don't buy into stress and like a hectic lifestyle. I've been there and I know that it's not good for you. Yes. Um, so I always find that time to kind of center myself and think about the bigger picture. Um, so when I'm under pressure, I'm like, Maybe I'm flustered in the beginning, but then afterwards mm-hmm. I'll sit down and I'll send to myself and I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to take a shower or I'm going to have coffee or I'm going to burn some essential oils and the world can just go away for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm strict about my me time, you okay. know, my evenings and things like that. I, they're a must for me to unwind and relax. Okay. Um, and just a walk also. I'm a big walker. Right. Um, when I'm in my habit of walking, I have to walk at least an hour a day. Preferably mm-hmm. by myself at my speed without anybody um, in company just so that I can process and keep fit and just like take care of myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, those are things that I think have been with me consistently um, throughout my life. Um, right. My kind of well-being hacks.
0: Fantastic. And that sounds great, especially, I mean, I'm just thinking about like teenagers that are listening, that are going through you know um, pressure because of exams and studying I guess you know sort of taking time out for yourself I think that's one of the key things isn't it I mean is there any advice you can kind of give any teenagers that are going through such sort of stress because of their exams or even because of the current climate
1: that's yeah. going on at the minute yeah definitely I think that Time alone is very important, um, but I think that what you're doing when you have that time alone is also important. I think that some things we can do as habits that maybe don't help us to recharge. Being alone is all about recharging
0: um, mm.
1: and just getting rid of the, the influence of others out of your head and just knowing what you want and who you are. I think if you watch too much telly or too many movies when, you, when you're alone as well, that can drain your energy more. I think teenagers Mm. tend to gravitate towards escaping from themselves into some kind of entertainment and I love a movie or a series or a Game of Thrones or whatever, but I'm very conscious of how that can leave you exhausted. Mm. Um, So I think time in nature, a lot of young people are really savvy about this kind of stuff now as well. Just like if you live near the sea, going to swim in the sea or go and sit on the sand or go out in nature Um, spend time with a cat or a dog or a pet or something like that that gives you a sense of peace Um, just the simple things you know not always looking for entertainment to distract you away from stress but really de-stressing with a swim or a walk or a gym you know if you're into the gym or something I'm not a gym person but if you were that would be better than say watching back to back TV shows for too many hours you know check in and to see if those things that you're doing when you're on your own in downtime are really recharging you or if they just in mm. you more, know, yes. I think that's important for young people.
0: Absolutely, that's um, that's such an important point that you've made there. Because you don't realize that watching something can drain you. You know, you think it's, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it's entertaining, but when you, th- yeah, when you think about it, it can drain you because you're focusing on the screen yeah. for however long. You know, an hour, yeah. two hours, and yeah, that can be yeah. a real draining effect. So that's such. Yeah, a- and
1: stuff like. Stuff like reality programs where the people are arguing a lot, or you know, soaps and dramas where there's a lot of stress and stuff like that, you can actually think that that stuff's real, and the brain can think it's real. Mm. So, after coming off of you know a couple of episodes of a soap or a reality show where there's a lot of drama and tension, you're actually going to be wound up, you're not going to be relaxed. Um, and that will follow you, you know, into your exam or into your daily life when you've got real stress or real pressure, yes. Um, and kind of it raises your stress levels, horror movies and all that kind of stuff. They're not mm. relaxing. They're not designed to relax you, are they? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah. And stuff like Red Bull and coffee as well. If, you, if you're if using really a lot stimulates. of Red Bull and coffee. Yeah, they will add to stress levels because they raise the cortisol in the body and make your body think that you're in a, in a panic situation, you know, yeah. or in a crisis when really you're not.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's, no, absolutely. So I guess the key message here is just... Yeah, you can use TV or whatever as a little bit of a pastime, but don't make it your, I guess, your go-to to de-stress, you know, all the time. Yeah, yeah it's just kind yeah, of getting out Yeah, unless you're choosing
1: there. stuff. Yeah, unless you're choosing stuff that's relaxing you. If it's not yes. relaxing you, you'll know that and you can feel it in your body. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: No, definitely. Carla, I've just got a few more questions. Um, this is more, this, I guess this section is more about sort of well-being and um, personal growth. Where are you currently on your journey to, to self-discovery
1: or love? Are you at the beginning or do you feel confident in who you are? Oh, I'm, at, I'm past 40, Carol. There's something that happens past 40. You're just like, me, this is me. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, me, meet me and be happy with me. Yeah, good for you. Um, yeah, that's where I am now. Um, totally. I've been on the journey and I know who I am and I'm perfectly you know happy with who I am or warts at all you know the mm-hmm. good the bad and the ugly I'm not perfect and I never will be and I'm okay yeah. with that yeah um, and each day is a journey you know it's a step and it's okay whatever it brings I can manage it so that's where I am at now
0: amazing amazing I love what you put here about your views on spirituality and personal development they are life in two words can you elaborate on, on that on <laughs>
1: I don't don't know how you live without either of those. If I look at myself and what life means, Mm -hmm. that is it for me. It's like every day is a journey. Every day is a step in a direction. You're either going to get it right or you're going to get it wrong. Um, But it's always going to be a journey. Um, And how do you do that journey without developing self? Um, Everything is about self-development. You know, it's like for me, if someone said, could you live without self-development? I don't think you could, you know, because everything that you're doing is developing you in some way, shape, or form. Um, If you're even, if if you're doing physical exercise, that develops you physically. So any Mm -hmm. other exercise that you're doing must be developing you somehow as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And in terms of spirituality, again, I don't know how you live without an awareness of the spirit aspect of yourself. Some people call it your soul, you know, or whatever. It depends on your belief system. Um, But you're always aware that, you came from somewhere that you don't know where you came from and you go in somewhere that you don't know where you came from, but you're still moving all the time, you know, and there are forces at work all the time that are working with you. You know, Mm. sometimes you're in a situation and you, you feel like, I've got no chance of getting through this. Even with all the strategies or whatever, you can't see a way, but somehow a way comes. Yes. Um, Yes. And I'm, I'm very aware of that throughout my life. It's like the odds were stacked against me in so many ways. If you look at it from a head point of view, Mm -hmm. but then when you look at it from a spiritual point of view it's like no I made it through those situations Um, and so that makes me very aware of something bigger than myself Mm -hmm. Um, and I think also the quest to I don't know if you ever know what that is I find it quite strange when people say yes I know my beliefs 100% they're right and yours are wrong I find that really strange because I think how do you know that you know because there's just so much to know yeah. and there's so much that's being revealed to you all the time and I think that just being on that journey and being willing to say I don't know mm-hmm. is great for you on a spiritual well-being level
0: definitely and keeping yourself open because when you keep yourself open then you know doors start opening up and information start coming to you if you yeah. stick to your own belief systems then you, you know nothing can come to you because you're not ready to accept it or ready to receive that alternative yeah. information. So it's yeah. very much about keeping yourself open.
1: Yeah, and intuition. I love my intuition and, and I'm learning more and more as I've as I've become more mature and I've had more experiences to trust that. And that I see intuition as the spiritual side of the self. Um, because there's no there's no explanation for your intuition versus mine, why yours tells you to go one way and mine says this way. And why yours way ends up being right for you and mine ends up being right for me. Yes. Um, is, it's like magic, you know, you mm. can just be like, there's something magical and something amazing about life yeah. um, that doesn't have an answer that's black and white for everyone. And that for me is spirituality. So it's just, it makes life wonderful, you know, yep. to have that spiritual perspective on it.
0: Absolutely. And I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, what are your views on sort of personal responsibility and do you live it daily?
1: Oh yeah. Um, this is another one of those things I would say should be on that curriculum that we mentioned earlier (laughs) yeah and personal responsibility is a lesson the earlier you learn that in life the better off you'll be Mm -hmm. it's accountability and knowing like I said I had that when I had my baby at a young age the day when I had that scan in the hospital and I saw that baby I felt responsible for the decision that I was making and I knew that I was accountable for the choice that I made on that day yeah Um, and I think that is one of the things that made me responsible. People always say, they said it about me when I was small that she's very responsible. Um, But when I got older, I think that is one of the things that made me someone that people trusted and relied on. And they will say, oh yeah, you can trust Carla or you can rely on her," because I don't blame people for things that happened to me. I take it as my responsibility. If it happened to me, I must have somehow been accountable for that. Mm-hmm, and I think yes. it's so important, whether it's a relationship, whether it, And I think the only way I would say is different is your childhood. Of course, your childhood, things are not in your control. But once you get to the point where you know right and wrong, then you become in a position where you're accountable for your decisions, regardless mm-hmm. of what kind of childhood you have, yes. or what kind of parents you had or what kind of neighbourhood you grew up in. Those are excuses. And yes, sometimes they're strong and valid excuses. But once you take the position of personal accountability and personal responsibility, you start knowing the difference between an excuse and a valid reason. Do you mm, know what I mean? And I yes. think as a young person, young people are so smart and they really know a lot of stuff. Um, and I think that one thing they know is when they're right and when they're wrong. Yes. Um, and I think if you listen to that and learn to listen to that from a young age and just say, right, okay, this is happening to me how am I responsible? Even just asking the question or how can I be accountable in this situation? Yes. Um, then you can, you can line yourself up to be more successful and have less, I guess, problems that are self-inflicted, by having that viewpoint and just keeping yourself accountable for your actions.
0: Absolutely. Beautifully said, beautifully said. (laughs) What is the biggest lesson life has taught you and
1: are you applying it to your life? Oh, well, that's a lovely one, Carol. Um, I think the biggest lesson I'm going to answer from my heart is that you are loved. You are loved, regardless of who you are, where you came from, what you went through, what you did or didn't have, you are loved. Mm -hmm. And you just need to figure out how and where you are loved. And then you need to share that with other people. And yeah, I live that every day. I knew that from a young age that sometimes it was tough, Carol, especially when I was a little girl and I would just be lost in the world. But I knew I was loved. And I don't know how I knew that. I knew it from people around me, maybe. From, and, and I saw it in everything. Love is in the sun when it shines on you. It's in the flowers that are on the pathway. I remember one time when it was my birthday and I saw the flowers and I realized that I was a spring baby. And I was like, that means when it's my birthday, there are flowers. you know." And I was really grateful that flowers were out when it was my birthday. Mm. And so I think just knowing that you're loved... By something greater, it doesn't mean it, it may not be your parents. They may have, have made a mistake. You know, your siblings may get on your nerves or, or the next door neighbor might be annoying, but you're still loved. Yeah. Um, and I think knowing that, regardless of what's happening in your life, will keep you get going through tough times. Yeah. Um, and also you love you. You learn that then, okay, well, I love me too, you know. So I think that's it. That's the main thing for me.
0: Oh, oh, that's beautifully, beautifully said, Carla. Beautifully, beautifully said. I've just got a couple more. I keep saying this. I have got a couple more questions for you. What would you say to your 13, 18 and 21 year old self? Oh, this changes every day. I
1: think <laughs> <laughs> It depends on the day. Um, oh, goodness. Yeah. My 13 year old self. Let me see today. What would I say to my 13 year old self? Um. It's going to be okay, <laughs> I would say, because I think when you're 13, you're a bit worried, um, and the world's changing, you're changing, not quite sure. So, I'd say to my 13 year old self today, it's going to be okay. Okay. Um, so my 18 my year old self, I would say, be who you are. Mm-hmm. I would say that at all those ages, but I would, to my, if I think about myself at 18, I would say, be who you are. Um, absolutely 100% no hiding no pretending yeah. that's what I, I did a lot of that when I was that age I was you know not sure if people would accept me as I was so I think I was a bit in and out of self so I would say be who you are and 21 oh I don't know I, the last time someone asked me this what I said but I would say the first thing that comes to mind today is save more money or just spend your money wiser because mm-hmm. it's at that age where the decisions you make financially and the habits that you develop with how you spend tend to follow you. Um, So I think it's really important to just be, to be financially literate at that age um, is my number one. But like I said, that answer would change every day depends on my instinct or (laughs) what my, you know what my intuition is saying because yeah. so much you can advise people isn't there at those
0: you ages. can no absolutely yeah. absolutely and you can like you say you, you can because obviously you've been through so much in those age groups as well so it can change every day you know you think okay this is what I did yeah. in this age group this age group but no maybe I can learn from this from this age group so absolutely I, I, I can completely understand when you say you know things can change from from day to day
1: yeah I think listen to your parents as well when you're young if you have parents or older people who are guiding you there is going to come a time in life where you're going to agree with what they say even if it's not today Mm. and you may not agree with it 100% but they're going to be parts of it that you think are rubbish today I remember that with my dad he used to tell me so many things and I think he was talking a load of rubbish I thought he was an old man talking junk but when I got older a lot of it, I found out he was telling the truth. Definitely. So I would say, listen to your parents and you know, know that you can trust the older people around you to tell you stuff and guide you. Not yeah. always, yeah. but a lot of what they say is true and you just need to listen.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that leads me on to sort of the, my, my, or one of my last questions, which is what three tips um, or pieces of advice would you give a teenager? And it's very much what you just said here. You said respect your parents and choose your network carefully and be you and be you
1: yeah Yeah, definitely definitely yeah and I think that's why I say respect your parents because they don't always tell you what's right for you and Mm. I know that sounds controversial I'm a parent and I've done it I'm speaking from experience that sometimes I've told my children to do things that isn't really best for them. And when I've reflected on it later, I've been like, mm, yeah, maybe that's generic good advice, but it's not necessarily the best thing for that individual child.
0: Mm. And that's the
1: difference between taking on everything that your parents say and doing it blindly and respecting them. Respecting them is about how you see them. Um, they brought you into the world and they sacrificed sacrificing for you and they deserve you to speak to them politely, support them, you know, be a, a, a good person around them, mm. you know, And even if you disagree, there's a way to say, look, mom, I love that advice that you've given me or thank you so much for giving me that advice. But I really don't think that's going to work for me. And I don't want you to be hurt, whatever it is, however you're going to say it, but do it in a respectful way. Yes. Um, Because parents are a treasure and they're not around forever and you have to respect them while you have them so that you can get the best out of them, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's so, that's beautifully said, Carla, you know, it's your parents are your parents at the end of the day. And it's, and it's like going it comes down to communication. You can, you can say things, but it's the way you say them, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And that's an art. If you learn that at a young age, you'll go far in life. You know, yeah. your parents are a testing ground for how, how well you can communicate when you're under pressure, I guess, or yeah. intense situations. It's practice training for you for real life
0: definitely definitely my last two favorite questions what legacy or what impact would you like to leave
1: <laughs> oh again there's another one change one that changes <laughs> every day it is because it's it, it's based on where you're at isn't it this is yeah. part of that life journey you get where I was last week or last month is not where I am today um I think the legacy is all of just what I've said I think that I want people to know um that this world is a good place that's full of love and you you are here, you are loved, and you're here to give and share, and as much as you can give and share, um, do that, you know? Um, And to be an example, I think I I like being an example or um, something that people who have been through a difficult time can look at and say, okay, if she did it, I can. She made it, I can. If she Mm. can go through that and be nice to people and show respect to people, then so can I doing the most good that you can regardless of whatever you've been through and you know that for me is is really important and I hope that when I'm not here people will say of me yeah she did good in the world you know she left good stuff in the world whether that's my children or you know my, my example or my work or whatever I would like that to be my legacy
0: Ah, oh, that's beautiful carla and my last question what's the most important message you would like to leave with us today all of everything um, you've said pretty much but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay i'll keep it short be you and you are loved yeah that's L- love yourself as well yeah yeah you put here love yourself which yeah. is beautiful oh carla that was great we've come to the end of the show Oh thank you so much it's such an honor to have you you know i um, I really appreciate you opening your heart to to us and being your authentic self. I really really appreciate that so thank you so much thank you so much and listeners, please check out carla's podcast she's got a podcast called Wonder and wellbeing so please check her out you know she's got you know she she has some great you know guests on there and she's doing some great things as she sort of said earlier you know she's got a vision she wants to make an impact she's got lots of products that she's working on so keep following her and check her out and if you want to hear more inspirational stories please keep tuning in or follow me on instagram Oyana voices for inspirational content this is carol oakley peace and love to you all